Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Guten Morgen, Peter. Oh. How was that? It was pretty good. Good morning to you too. I don't know. It didn't feel right. Uh, Well, don't worry. Okay. Uh, You good? uh, Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Um, uh, I am looking forward to another podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to at time of recording uh, that we are doing a sleepover stream tomorrow, playing some yep. scary games, a scary game, uh, and I'm then looking forward to having a whole week off. Oh, oh my goodness me! Now correct me if I'm wrong, but is this the first full week you've had off from work since we started Triple Jump? It might be the first full week I've had off. Yeah, I've definitely had you know days off at a time but Mm -hmm. uh yeah i think it might be the first full week i think i've only ever had four working days off so i've I've always been in at least one day of any given week but yeah yeah i think so i've got my first full week coming up in august and i'm so excited yeah uh, because we finally got to the point where we can afford to do these kinds of things and have you know and not have the uh the, the hashtag content content be impacted too hard yeah not financially afford but no no we've got the time to have things made and backed up and yes precisely precisely so next week you will not be on the podcast no uh we will touch back on that at the end of the show when we're talking about what's coming up and so on uh but that's hugely exciting are you able to talk about what it is you're doing or would you rather just say i'm having a week off baby uh, I will say broadly where I'm going. I'm going to Scotland for a week mm. uh, with the family, which we're allowed to do now, which is nice. Just be in a building with my family. Wow, what a treat. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just thought, you know, little staycation will be, you know, it's probably the sensible thing to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the weather at the moment is changeable. So it's not going to be a total washout, but we'll see right. how things progress as we go. Uh, but, you know, I don't really mind, to be honest. It'll be nice scenery, wherever, whatever the weather, and I'll just mm-hmm. take a little books and read them if I have to. If I can't you go won't out. have to be on Slack. Yeah. Oh, that'll be nice. It will be, won't it? You yeah. won't have to wake up and, and toddle over to your computer and sit down and, and immediately start working. No. Just lay there. Yeah. What yeah. a treat. It's going to be great. Anyway, this is a video game podcast. Yeah, as, back to uh, work. I already already described. It's uh, or explained. Sorry, it's not a an athletics contest podcast that uses the same name as us. 
even though I think we were first, really, and we do it better mm. than than the big jumpers do. Uh, and additionally, it's not a it's not a um, a holiday podcast. No, describing no. your upcoming holiday, but it is a video game podcast, and as such, we are sponsored by a relevant video game property each and every week. They pay us to bring the show to you. Peter has the ad read for this week in front of him right now. Ben, there's some serious excitement going on in the uh, in the multimedia pop culture world right now. Okay. Um, something is returning. Uh, something that you and I have talked about a lot over the years on this podcast. Um, that we've we've long awaited either some kind of remaster or sequel to. Um, THQ Nordic have officially announced uh, that they have um, they they still own the rights to that video game about the people who um, take take citrus fruits and cut them in half and squeeze yep. them all over the place, get the juice oh. all up in your business. Yeah, uh, whether it's a remaster or a remake or a sequel, we don't yet know. But coming eventually to a console near you lime splitters oh thank god finally yeah it's happening that's really exciting i can't wait to split all those limes we love those those games where you just cut the green fruits open don't we big Mm. fan of those yeah uh, delicious well overdue i think yeah bring it back i totally agree hugely exciting um Mm -hmm. Free, I can't think of any puns. Free Radical are coming back, of course. Yeah. To make the the new Lime Splitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hugely it's great. Hugely exciting. Can't Will wait. It? No, Future Perfect was three, wasn't it? I was going to say we could have Lime Splitter's tree, but that doesn't... Oh, that, yeah. Uh, lime lime Splitter's... F- floor. That's where floor you pick them up the floor, from when they, yeah. when they fall down. Oh, lime right. Splitter's door. That's how you split them. Just stick them in the hinge. Shut it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very specialised bit of equipment. Yeah. Um, wow. Can't wait for Lime Splitters. Long time coming. Yeah, definitely. Can you tell, Ben, that mm. I made that one up at the last minute? Oh, you scallywag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh, sorry about that. Is the um, other one real or is it fake? The other actual, what? Actual Time Splitters coming back. Is that also a fake one? Well, I mean, it could be, couldn't it? I mean, yeah, people are talking about it, before, it online, but yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Wow, what a fantastic sponsor. Not real, though. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. Uh, of course, we are not sponsored by Lime Splitters. We're sponsored by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you get access to the podcast post that goes out on either a Monday or a Tuesday. It's gone out on Monday for the past couple of weeks because we've been recording earlier. Uh, so keep an eye we do tweet when it goes live and that's where we source questions from exclusively for this podcast peter i think we're walking along a lime tree today oh lovely yeah Mm. how's that sound for the video component of this podcast eventually we will return to our specially made podcast studio (laughs) where we will be sat in front of a camera and you can look at us while we do it where we filmed two episodes before going home yeah one of which we said quite infamously well you know there's a bit a lot of fuss about this covid stuff but um don't necessarily listen to the 
to the news outlets because they tend to sensationalize this stuff. Make sure you listen to local and national government guidance about how to act and respond. And then lo and behold, many governments did say, go home. At least um, we were saying, you know, listen to the government rather than oh, this COVID stuff. Don't listen to the government. They're full of crap. <laughs> Exactly. I don't think we ever doubted the legitimacy or the potential danger of COVID. I think it's just because we've seen swine flu and all these other things come through. Mm. And they were largely overblown by the media. And uh, and they weren't quite as spooky as they should be. But COVID, real deal. Take it seriously still. Definitely. I mean, at the time, the the government were, you know, not not seemingly not worrying too much in the UK. And as you say, the tabloids were starting to overblow things already. And I think at that point already there were people panic buying toilet paper. So that was kind of the mentality at that time. Like, Mm -hmm. can we all stop buying Andrex, please? The government say it's fine. Just chill out. Um, As it turns out, it wasn't fine. Living alone with my three rolls of toilet paper thinking, (laughs) oh God, is this actually going to last? Yeah, yeah. So... We we made it. I can't wait to tell my grandchildren about the time that toilet paper was like a really (laughs) valued commodity. Um, I said, didn't I? I told you about maybe it was on our other podcast, our extracurricular Mm. one. But I told you about the time that um, my when I went home and I was spending lockdown with my family, uh, my mum drove home with a big uh, supermarket shop. And she brought all the stuff in. But because the the toilet paper, which she'd managed to get lucky and find one of those big packets, and she bought just one, of course, and she'd thrown that on the back seat because there wasn't room in the boot with all the other bags. So mm-hmm. that was on its own. She brought all the bags in from the boot. And then I went out to the car the following day and realized there was a big pack of toilet paper on the back seat. I was like, you want to be careful leaving something like that in the car overnight? Jesus Christ, it could have been broken into. <laughs> so it's like leaving yeah. your mobile in there. White gold. Yeah. Jeez. Be careful. Gotta look after it, man. Gotta look yeah. after it and all that loo roll. Well, Peter, it's time, I think, that we start talking about video games. Probably. How long have we been? Jesus. Sorry, everyone. Anyway, uh, ten minutes in. I suppose it's time for question one. Yeah. Uh, question one comes from the mythical Jason the Cabbie. Wow. That's a great name. Greetings, gentlemen. Or gentlewomen. So, I love me a roguelike so much that I apparently call games that aren't this style a roguelike if it remotely has things that look like roguelike mechanics. And I'll play them all, no matter how good or bad they may be. So my question is, what is your genre that you will play, no matter how good or poo game for wankers it may be? Ah, this is in reference to the mythical Jason the cabbie calling Biomutant. Biomutant, a roguelike. A roguelike, which sort of threw both of us because... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not aware that I mean, is. partly because we didn't know exactly what Biomutant was going to be. I don't think no. we've been following it that closely. So we thought, oh, if we missed that, maybe maybe that's been announced maybe and we is. just passed yeah. us by. But uh, no, I, I can confirm it's not a roguelike having now played it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, thank you, uh, mythical Jason the cabbie, for the question. I don't think there's really any genre where I will play, you know, pretty much every big release that gets brought out purely because of the genre. Um, Mm. I think there are maybe certain aspects of games that will make me far more likely to play it. Like, I think setting is an interesting one for me. I've talked before about how cool I think it is when certain periods of history are remade in in the gaming world. I've played... um, I quite like uh, 
like Neolithic kind of Stone Age games. There aren't that many of those, but there are a few. Um, Far Cry Prime was the obvious one, but there are there are others too. So like you know, I I will usually play games like that. Also, Victorian England I think is a really cool setting when remade in video game form. So I'll typically try those games out. Um, and likewise, also not really a genre, but I will play almost every Star Wars game, provided it's not a type of game that I'm just outright not interested in at all. So uh, MMOs, I won't really try, and the mobile games I'm not interested in. But pretty much everything else, I'll at least, you know, give give it a chance to, to win me over. But in terms of an actual, what, you know, what you would call a genre, I don't know. I, I suppose the closest would be your kind of your cartoony platformers, um so certainly back in the day when they were at their peak in the 90s i played an awful lot of those um but even then you know i didn't play them all um it, it i it took me a while to play um ratchet and clank i suppose that's not cartoony as such but it's a quote unquote mascot platformer mm-hmm. um and uh, it yeah it took me took me years to actually get a copy of that on ps2 and give it a go um but you know, I still I'm still really into the genre today, and you know, I thought Astrobot was great on PS5, um, Sackboy as well. We've had a lot of fun with, um, so I continue to play those and enjoy them. But yeah, I don't I don't think there's any genre where I will really just go out of my way to go. There's a new one of those. I'm definitely going to play it just because of the genre. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's usually a, a more um, you know, have to weigh up the the various pros and cons and aspects of the game. Yeah, um, have you got one? I actually do. Yeah, yeah, which it took me a little while to to think of it, but it's definitely the genre that is unfairly titled Walking Simulator. Right. Yeah, I've played. I think I've played pretty much all of them, and I always right. make a habit of playing them because I find them to be, while from a gameplay perspective, not hugely involved. I find that the story that they are able to tell through that, be it a beautiful one, a tragic one, or quite often a bit of a spooky one, mm. where you just sort of spot things in the distance, but you have no attacks. And while you're never physically, you know, uh, the victim of, of some sort of crime, you are <laughs> you are able to, you're, you're only able, sorry, to just walk around. So yeah. you see things and it, it puts you, it puts you on edge. So, uh, I think I've played What Remains of Edith Finch, Vanishing of Ethan Carter, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, Firewatch, Gone Home, Dear Esther. I would say those are sort of the, perhaps the standouts of that genre. Yeah. And they, they don't come out that regularly. But whenever I hear about a new one that does come out, I always always make an effort to try and play those because I do just find something from a narrative perspective to be quite powerful about that genre and uh, and and the the stories that it can weave and the way it presents ideas and uh, in often quite sort of psychological messing with your mind kind of ways gone home for example is a game that you can beat in a couple of minutes and there's a trophy for doing it if you mm-hmm. just know exactly where you're going and what to do but because of the the nature of it which is you returning to your home and all of your family aren't there and you live in this because of course you do you live in this giant house yeah um, and there's a storm raging outside and like the power goes I, I can't remember actually if the power goes on and off anyway certainly it's it's quite dark and spooky in there and you just make your way around the house piecing together what happened and where your family is and the the backstory of your character and 
and everything else and uh, you know, just through notes and so on. It it was an incredibly, for me at least, incredibly unnerving experience, despite the fact that it's actually quite a beautiful game uh, with with the, the story that it's telling. And I just, I don't know. There's just something about it not being a horror game, but still using sort of the mechanics of a horror game in that you're unable to defend yourself and you can only move around at a certain speed that m- makes those games infinitely more engaging than they otherwise would be like everybody's mm. gone to the rapture is just one mechanic away from legitimately being a horror game uh, yeah because that game's creepy at times going into all these abandoned houses and finding blood stains and stuff you never know dead birds. all it would dead birds all it would take is for one character model just to poke up from a window at some point and peer at you and then disappear and that would be it you'd mm. be it would completely change how that game worked um True. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Walking Sims. I, I always, always, always make an effort to play those. I think they're really, really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I've I've played you know some of those, but not all. And uh, yeah, yeah, must be nice in a way to to think. Oh, just here's a new one of that thing that I always yeah. play. And you know, it's certainly not be the it. case for everything. You know, you can't no, say I play every first person shooter. Yeah, I play no. every JRPG. You can't do that. But Walking Sims, I feel they're so limited in quantity. Mm. Yeah, I suppose um, that helps actually. And yeah. on average, really strong mm. those games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, critically as well. So go check them mm. out. If anyone's interested and hasn't really played the Walking Sim, I think we could, we would both wholeheartedly recommend everybody's gone to the Rapture. Yeah, um, sure. Firewatch is excellent. Gone Home very isn't pretty. very long. Very good. Yeah, Firewatch is beautiful. Yeah. And uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, I think, is, for me, the pinnacle of the genre. It's so good. Such yeah. a good game. Uh, so, yeah, go check those out. They're on most console platforms and definitely PC. So, mm-hmm. there we are. Fantastic. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on to the section where we talk about the games that we have been playing this week. It's called The Games We've Been Playing This Week. Oh, it's what we play in type. Sorry, what was it? The games we have been playing this week, I think. It's the games we have been playing this week, I think, time. Yeah. Peter, what is the games that you have been playing this week, I think? The games I've been playing this week, I think, is... uh, Well, for for starters, I've finished Resident Evil Village. Um, Ooh, nice. I I, uh, can't really recommend that game enough. I really, really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite games of the past couple of years i think i think it's mm-hmm. so well made so good looking it's an interesting story i saw some stuff ahead of time that people were saying like oh the ending's really annoying and they don't explain things i didn't find that i i thought it's pretty weird you know it's a resident evil game of course it is mm-hmm. um but i didn't think that it kind of left too many unanswered questions really um just enough probably to kind of make you think oh okay well that's that's interesting, and I'm looking forward to learning more in future games. But um, fantastic game, uh, and I can't really wait until, well, as we'll discover in a question coming up, I can't wait to play it again on New Game Plus, um, which is the first time I've felt really compelled to do that in a long time. Um, mm, so, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll hold my horses until we answer a, a later question. But that was uh, that was brilliant, and we're continuing to play it over on um, our streams are joint blazer streams on thursdays so uh by the time this podcast comes out we'll have done another episode 
Um, yeah, so part two. With it's sorry, it's so disjointed. <laughs> it's just the way the, the, the cards have fallen. It's the way it's fallen, time. and then I'm away for a week, so it'll be another gap mm. of a week. But you know, we'll get there. We'll get keep there. them keen. Yeah, I've also I don't typically play games in parallel, but um, as I've said in the past, I think two episodes of the podcast, I've been playing um, the Dark Alliance re-release at the same time as um, Resident Evil. Um, and I guess it helps that obviously I know that game, um, and you know I've I've played it through many times on PS2, so it's not like I'm having to juggle two narratives in my head and go between both games and keep track of everything. So I just dipped in and out of that, and I've finished that as well um, on I think normal mode. Uh, so there's a hard mode and there's an extreme mode which you can unlock by completing a sort of mini game called the Gauntlet where you've got 15 minutes to get through this dungeon and kill loads of enemies. And oh my god, I don't remember the gauntlet being so hard. It's really, really difficult. <laughs> um, and I don't know at this point if I'm going to bother, <laughs> to be honest, because uh, it's it's very tough. Um, super fun, though. I was surprised by how many people in the comments of the Quipscope were like, oh, I've never heard of this game, but I'm, I'm, I really want to give it a go now, having seen it. So that's oh, nice, nice that some people have discovered it for the first time. I hope they enjoy it. Um, and other than that, I've played a little bit of Biomutant as well. We've done a quick skip for that, which is over on the channel if you want some more thoughts. Um, again, very pretty game, interesting world building and stuff. Um, you know, on balance, not not really for me, I don't think, genre-wise. And I'm kind of in agreement with the sort of average review scores that are out there. Um, I think some people have been overly harsh on it and maybe some people have... You know they're they're enjoying it far more than I did, but um, you know it's certainly something to to look up online and you know weigh up the pros and cons and see whether you want to give it a go. So uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. What about you, Ben? Fantastic. Uh, I played a little bit of Tales from the Borderlands, the Telltale game. Yeah, just because I got a bit nostalgic and I wanted to play. I guess so we talked good. about what it last week, didn't we? My game. Yeah, we did. Um, I've played a bit of Demon's Souls, Demon's Souls as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends bought it, has never played a Soulsborne game before, and I acted as his Sherpa, yes. guiding him through. So all I did was play the tutorial and uh, play through the first uh, level, defeat the, the, the Phalanx boss, uh, because after that point you're able to play in co-op. And, and that's as far as we've got so far. But yeah, oh man, what a game. So pretty, so good. Uh, more Borderlands 2 also yeah. continues to be excellent. The best Borderlands game. I played a little bit of Metopia. Mm-hmm. Again, we've done a quip scope about that. You can listen to it here on the podcast feed or you can watch it with footage. What a delightful game. Uh, more thoughts in the quip scope, though. And also, I have finally, finally started the Mass Effect Remaster trilogy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. I want to give it a go. I've never played two or three i know you've never played one but you've played two and three i've not played any of them i've played i think the first couple of hours of one have you i I remember playing through the opening yeah on a friend's 360 when i was at Uh. university um i remember going through the opening and getting to the citadel and i think that was as far as i uh i got but yeah huge fan of two really enjoyed three uh but obviously i'm starting with one really annoying now that my ps5 is host to 
no fewer than four games because right. I have no room because the Mass Effect Remastered trilogy is over a hundred gigabytes Oof. and you cannot install it modul- modularly. Right. So you're unable to install individual Mass Effect games. No, you must have all three at once because, of course, you will be playing all three at yeah. once. So that's really stupid, especially considering the technology is definitely there. Uh, Black Ops Cold War in particular uh, is great for... I mean, it's huge, which isn't great, but it does let you install the single-player, multiplayer, and zombies separately and uninstall them too. Mm. So that's really how they should have done it, but never mind. I've gone with default Shepard because not only is he obviously so beautiful, uh, but... Anything you make in the creation suite in that game, and I think it's one of the things they may have improved, actually, just looks bad. Mm. I I hate that. The character creation suite, anything that can come out of the character creation suite compared to characters that are clearly designed, and this goes for NPCs as well. You can tell if they've just chucked someone in like a random uh, character creation face. Yeah. It just is miles apart in terms of quality. There's nothing that you can plug into that character creation suite that will fit in to the rest of your party. It just looks wrong. The beard options are bad. They're just like someone's done makeup on their face and drawn a line Mm -hmm. across their jaw. And it's like, there it is. There's a beard. It's not a beard, is it? Come on. So I was part of me was hoping that they'd really beefed up the creation suite so that you could make someone who looked pretty good. But no, as soon as you go in, it doesn't even let you customize the base model face. Because I could have happily just done that, but like changed the hair color, for example. And that mm. would have been fine. But it's like, no, here you go. Here are your presets. They all look like they've come out of like a, 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 a can of Play-Doh or whatever. They all look weird and shiny and just not right. None of them look, none of them look right. Ah. It's, it's so bizarre. I can't really describe what I mean, but it's wrong. They look wrong, so that's a bit of a bummer. But yeah, I've only played about an hour of it, um, and it's I wonder, great. I wonder if um, I'm sure they probably wouldn't bother going to this extreme, but uh, it would have been nice maybe if they could have implemented a thing where uh, the decisions you make in like your run of the first game and the second game um, are kind of loaded straight onto the, the the game after it. So I believe, maybe I'm thinking of a different game because obviously I've never played it, but is it Mass Effect 3 where you can, I think at the start you get to answer some questions about what happened in your version of 2? Or I might be thinking of like The Witcher or something like that. But So I'm, uh, I'm not sure about 3 mm. because I because these games were famous for allowing you to import your decisions and your save file. Oh, oh right, well that's fine. That's, that's kind that's of what how I thought. It continued, which, but yeah. Certainly with 2, when that released on PS3, because 1 wasn't available on PS3, it launched with a, a really, really good Dark Horse comic, oh, that's interactive right. comic, and yeah. then then you could make the decisions that you missed out in 1. But they may have done a similar thing for 3, because I know that that had a far bigger marketing push than 2 did. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's it's entirely possible. But yeah, the whole point of these games is that the, the decisions carry over, which is why the disastrous ending of 3 didn't go down too well. Mm. But uh, yeah... Face-wise, not too thrilled. But I love Mass Effect, and I'm really looking forward to playing more. Uh, as And I imagine it'll be the only thing I play for, play for ages. You've got Final Fantasy VII Intergrade coming out on PS5 in yeah. a couple of weeks, and then Ratchet & Clank the following month. It's, I'm, I'm still going to be playing Mass Effect, I think. I just <laughs> There's just so much of it on this 
remaster collection mm-hmm. that I'll be here forever. I, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, but there we are. Let's move on to a question. Yeah, let's. from from Trevor Price. Dun dun. He says, "Hi, Bottler and Poster." Are there any games that you play to completion and you don't know why? Maybe you started playing and realised the game was not as good as hoped and continued anyway. For me, I actually finished Dead Island twice, despite it being rubbish, and I couldn't tell you why. Thanks, guys, and keep up the amazing work. Pringles aren't real crisps, says Trevor. Trevor, I, think I don't I know agree what's provoked that, but yeah. Pringles are flippin' lovely. Um, I mean, they it, are, for sure. Lovely. Are they not crisps? What do you think? Are they crisps? Uh, I don't, they're not real crisps, are they? You can tell that like no. they just mashed some potato and then formed it into the shape of half a duck beak. Whereas, you know, actual crisps look like crisps. But like what sits and, you know... Well, yeah, true. I would probably call them crisps. Are they just maize snacks or whatever? Yeah, well, snacks, technically they would... are, but I would still call them crisps. So you're right, I would got me colloquially there. call all of them crisps, yeah. If you mm. want to get serious about it, maybe yeah. if you break it down into its fundamentals, it's not a crisp. But you know what, Trevor? I'm not going to rise to it. So you do you. Somewhere in the world right now, there's a crisp podcast that have gone off on a tangent about video games, but mm-hmm. you know, no, just it's impossible. No, um, Bulletstorm, jeez, that game, like it <laughs> okay. was kind of good, but kind of a bit sort of not good. I don't know. There was something about it that, I t- well, I tell you, I know exactly what it was, or one of the things that I didn't like about it. Every mm. character in Bulletstorm is a flipping asshole. Like Aren't I hate they? all of them. So They're much, so horrible and obnoxious. Yeah, um, even the ones you're probably supposed to like, you know. Uh, and also, I found the setting got a bit samey. You know, like everything kind of looked the same. Which, you know, I get that's part of the nature of the story. You were like, you were stuck somewhere, weren't you? Like waiting for evac. It's been a long time since I played that game, mm-hmm. but I think you were stuck in the same place for the whole game, pretty much. So. Yeah, but even then, you know, there are opportunities in games where you are in the same setting to still kind of give some variety. And I kind of felt like everything looked the same. Even the gimmick, you know, that sold the game with the slow-mo stuff and the point scoring, you know, after a while that kind of got, like, you know, that was, the, the novelty wore off. So, you know, I kind of, I think by about halfway, I was like, okay, this is, this is just fine now. Like it started out good. Now I hate everyone, and I'm not even particularly like enthralled by the the USP. But I'll finish it. It's not bad enough for me to not carry on. And I finished mm-hmm. it, and I was like, okay, that was fine. I'm not disappointed that I did that, but here we are at the end, and I still hate them all. Um, Brilliant. Also, I yeah. guess to a, to a certain extent, um, various fighting games as well. So not necessarily because they're bad and I don't like them like I'm a big fan of my Tekkens I really like Soul Calibur 2 um, but it still kind of answers the question in the sense that I finish those purely because they are there to be finished like I actively enjoy unlocking every character in uh, a fighting game like that's fun I do that for fun um, but then once I've got every character also, like, playing through arcade mode with every character to unlock their ending, I'm kind of just ticking boxes at that point. It's not that, you know, I'm not having fun, but that's not why I'm doing it. You know, I'm not playing through Tekken as, like, 
Julia, who I can't fight with at all, to enjoy myself necessarily. I'm doing it to get a little, little tiny dopamine rush at the end when I unlock a new character ending. But you know, you kind of, kind of just yeah, as I say, ticking boxes or checking off a to-do list really. Um, and then as soon as I've completed one arcade run with various characters that I just can't use very well, I'll never play them again until the next time a Tekken game comes out or a Soul Calibur. And then again, do one run as whoever the flip and then yeah. never again. So that kind of that's a similar similar sort of thing. Oh, man. I did, going back to Bulletstorm, I remember when that was first shown off and it looked amazing like i mm. love the idea of bullet storm the yeah the characters and the humor that bit much for me and i'm a fan yeah. of borderlands but that's sort of like ironically obnoxious whereas this seems like yeah this is this is cool yeah here we go i'm gonna kick a man into a cactus in slow motion and there's a pop-up on text that say oh testicle burst time or something cool like that i was kind of shocked when it got a remaster on last gen to be honest Mm, but seeing that come out and the excitement around it clearly it's got a really passionate audience but it's definitely just not it's not for me at all you can see why that was the game that they chose to put the duke into in terms of dlc like he was a a dlc wasn't he and he yeah he just slid right in there yeah Yeah. testicle burst time or whatever Mm. It's perfect. Mm. That entire script sounds like it, it was from a Duke Nukem game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you like it, there's Hales and Blossoms Bloom. Everyone's entitled to their own um, proclivities. Testicle bursting pro- proclivities. But, uh, yeah, I've got one. Mm-hmm. Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh, yeah. I remember I, you playing through that. Why did I finish it? I don't know. I think it might have been a combination of, well... I've got nothing else to do, and there are no games. Like, 2019 was a bad year for games. I remember us talking about it on the Game of the Year podcast, where it was like, I don't really know what to put in this list. <laughs> yeah. Because we played more than five games that came out this year, but it wasn't that great. None of them were particularly outstanding, really, mm. uh, apart from, you know, a couple of um, specific examples. But, uh, yeah, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Played through the whole thing. That was um, from, was it Arcane who looks after that one? I may be mis- um, misremembering, mm. but it wasn't the normal studio. I think machine games normally do it. Um, right. And it was, they they turned it, they, they murdered it, basically. They murdered Wolfenstein. They turned it into uh, a sort of RPG light game where all the enemies had uh, health bars and levels and you just ran around this it wasn't like a linear game it had a story but you just ran around these sort of hub environments oh, yeah. and waited for it was it was like they tried to turn it into destiny legitimately though um, i know we often compare things from a live service perspective to destiny but it was very destiny in that you would be just running around doing an objective you'd done 10 times before and then you'll get something over the radio like, oh, there's a big enemy appearing over here, and you can just go kill it for, I don't know, the fun of it. You get mm-hmm. some XP. It's rubbish. It was awful. And then the final boss had one of the most insane difficulty spikes I've ever encountered in a game, and it was widely criticized online for a variety of reasons. It's not very good anyway. It is playable in co-op online. That doesn't right. make it better. Um, but yeah, the final boss is just insane. It was so hard. And then then it became personal 
and I persevered and I I beat it and I it's left no impact on me at all apart from thinking wow 2019 was not great for games was it mm-hmm. and that was it so yeah Wolfenstein Youngblood for sure what a waste mm. yeah that's a shame total waste of time well from a waste of time yeah to a, to a to, strange time to a strange st- of a time strange time strange it's, time it's time Peter for yeah weird news weird news Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Weird news time. Peter, what have you got? Let me get it. I got it. Well, I've got the I've got the news, but I need to get the name of the person who gave it to me this week. Uh, well, actually, gave it to me just in time for the podcast last week, but I didn't clock it until uh, later. So it was, it was too late at that point. But Ash Holly... Uh, on Twitter. Thank you very much for sending this in. Um, So this was on the 18th of May, this write-up, according to Kotaku, Ian Walker. Um, Ikumi Nakamura sentenced to horny jail for Lady Dimitrescu tweets. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Right to horny jail, huh? Yeah. Like many who have gazed upon her visage, uh, Resident Evil Village's Lady Dimitrescu has captivated former Ghostwire Tokyo creative director Ikumi Nakamura. In sharing that info publicly, however, the energetic developer was sadly condemned to, quote, horny jail. Never mind the fact she didn't even know what that was before now. (laughs) And then there's some Latin that says, Ignorantia juris non excusat. Nakamura-san, which I'm guessing means, like, you know... Ignorance won't save you here or something. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't give you an excuse. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, After seeing seeing IGN senior editor Kevin Capieo's faux commercial for a Lady Dimitrescu action figure, Nakamura joked on Twitter about waiting waiting for a full-scale version, but she didn't stop there. 
In the game, Ethan is tortured and harassed by Lady Dimitrescu, Nakamura added. I enjoy it from Ethan's point of view. I wish this time could go on forever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Ikumi, this is your work account. Please. Uh, thoughts are my own. <laughs> Do not represent the company. <laughs> Do not represent the BBC. Nakamura further revealed the depths of her love for the tall vampire lady when pressed on how she would fit such a massive figure into her home, writing that her studio's four-meter ceiling would be enough to welcome her as my bride. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that it's it's just slightly like strangely worded as well because mm-hmm. you know it's obviously a second language that she speaks very well. I mean, I'm not I'm not having a go, but it's just it. It adds an even, it. yeah, an extra level of charm. Um, enough to welcome her as my bride. These tweets naturally provoked an onslaught of images, sentencing Nakamura to a stint in horny jail, a fictional prison for those who share even vaguely sexual content on social media. Thank you, Kotaku. Although a new concept for Nakamura, she accepted her fate, only showing concern for the meme's use of a sad Shiba Inu as a stand-in for the convicted. Thank you all for letting me know, Nakamura said. I learned today what horny jail means. I didn't get the point of the sad gif of the Shiba Inu getting beaten up. Shiba is innocent. I'm guilty. That said, I don't think she truly learned her lesson. Confronted by a picture of an anthropomorphized Shiba Inu by artist Michaelody, My- 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 Nakamura couldn't help herself, asking... Am I going to be captured by this pretty Sheba girl? Is it a reward? I <laughs> uh, oh, think there's wow. a bit of filler after that, just saying like her career history and stuff. But that's mm-hmm. that's the end of the story there. She's great, isn't she? She's she really is. really entertaining. A lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm I'm still curious as to why she left uh, Tango. Yeah, because she seems so enthusiastic about the game and. Uh, yeah, for those unfamiliar or those who vaguely remember, she burst onto the scene in uh, 2019's E3, where she gave a very energetic presentation about uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, saying it's spooky and it's things spooky. like that. It's spooky, and then she did like the weird leg kick and the arm move and stuff, yeah. and everyone was like, oh, she's great. And then she left, and I, now I think she's working at an indie studio that she's founded. I'm not entirely sure. But... Yeah, she's she's got a new studio that she she kind of wants to focus on gender equality in the games that she makes, I think. Oh, great. Um, so Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but she, yeah, she was the one who rivaled um, your boy, uh, oh, what's his Keanu. character name? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember Johnny, Johnny Silverhand. That's it. It's such a silly name, but you know, it's kind of great. Silly, Uh, Uh, and also Bam Bam the dog as well. We can't. Yeah, Bam Bam the dog. So many celebrities that year. That was the third one. So it was Keanu and uh, Bam Bam, Mm -hmm. all fighting for for the the best of E3. Um, Yeah, and out comes Rob McElhaney saying, without much further adieu. Adieu. No. He said it with such intent as well. He went, so, without further adieu, like... No. No, please. No, that's not it. You're saying without much further goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, Rob. Uh, anyway, that was go. E3. What fantastic news. I'm glad to hear she's still she's still hanging about, doing yeah. fun and weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. All the best to her. I've got one from PC Gamer. Mm-hmm. The rising stars of Twitch's new hot tub category are adorable otters. 
oh well that's the kind of octa party i can get involved in i want to watch Absolutely. those streams not the ones that make me mad because ten thousand bits and the otter will put on a new bra yeah hell yeah that's tell it. me more in response to weeks of controversy, harassment, and questioning of Twitch's guidelines, a new category was launched on the streaming site. The pools, hot tubs, and beaches category was born to serve as a new home for the influx of people who've taken to streaming from the comfort of an inflatable paddling pool or hot tub. As it turns out, the category also makes a great place for witches and a heart and even a heart-wrenchingly adorable trio of otters. So for witches, I clicked on the hyperlink and I was like, is there someone cosplaying as Geralt? Mm-hmm. And no. It was just an archived stream of PC gamers sh- showing a very slow panning shot of Geralt from the from the Witcher 3. Oh, in his when he's in, the bath. in his bath. Yeah, it wasn't quite as exciting as I thought it might be, but never mind. Mm. Vancouver's Marine Mammal Rescue Centre has been streaming on Twitch for a few months now, traditionally in the travel and outdoors category. They've swum over into the new category, though, with their thickest fur seals on the number one cold tub stream. Thickest. So they've spelled thickest with two C's, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. It may have fallen just, I'm sorry, I may have fallen just a a little bit in love with these babies, even if they're very much capable of ripping your face off. Are otters capable of, I wasn't aware of that. Watching them vibe on their backs while eating a snack or playing with their toys is a proper soothing sight, and and the gentle lapping of the water against the enclosure is the only type of ASMR I'll accept. As of writing, the otters are currently the third most viewed channel that's live in the category right now, only being beaten out, uh, beaten out, sorry, Jesus, what's going on today? Only beaten out by Exohydra X and recently demonetized Amaranth, which I think is the one that's showing up on everyone's recommended and has been for weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The stream's been going for a steady 33 hours and hopefully will continue for many more. So there you go. The otters are taking it back. I want to see a penguin... Um, like jacuzzi bathtub stream as well. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be good. You know, like when yeah. you go to the zoo and they've got a little walkway that goes under the water and you can see the penguins swimming around. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh, Peter, mm-hmm. mate, you've yeah. got to tune. You've got to tune in live. Hang on, you've got to tune in live. Oh my get, God! Look at this. Get a load. There's 2.5 for those without context, watching. This probably sounds really lewd. Oh, Peter, look oh, at this Peter, one. You got to check out these mammals. Yeah, these mammaries. So, marine mammal rescue is what Ben has just sent me, and it's just some seals sleeping. You can see I think them it's breathing. Otters. Is it oh. otters? Oh well, the the profile picture is a seal, so the I just assumed that. Profile definitely a seal. Yeah, it's three otters. Sleeping. Oh yeah, they are. Those are otters actually. Um, it's black and white and grainy, so I couldn't quite make it out. But yeah, yeah. three otters sleeping, and I'm guessing, given that they've got a seal on the picture, that they maybe rotate around different mammals at different times. Maybe hugely Perhaps. exciting, worth a follow mm-hmm. for sure. They're still streaming in the pools, hot tubs, and beaches category, which is great. Yeah. You can hear uh, the. Um, the water just lapping against the... Oh, wow, you can. I had it... Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's go nice. tune in. They're not um, They're not partnered yet. Oh, I just well. want to see people throw bits at these otters while they mm-hmm. splash around. Uh, so there you go. The new category created to save uh, Twitch streamers who've decided to stream from hot tubs and paddling pools mm-hmm. in a pretty transparent way. Uh, Hopefully not too been... transparent. Well, no, 
then they'd need another category. That's when you get demonetized. Uh, has now been taken over by otters. So there we go. Go give them a follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was weird. Thank you for Wasn't that. Wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it weird? Shall we move on? Let's move on to question three by Richard Major, who says, Wiggity, wiggity, whack. Did I say that with enough? I think you vim? did great. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I'm currently playing through Resi 8 for the third time back-to-back. I've never done that with a game before. When was the last time you completed a game and started it back up again? For me, the challenges in Resi 8 and the unlockables make it worthwhile. Also, I'm enjoying some proper PS5 graphics. Thank you, Richard Major. So, for context, this is no no spoiler at all. Uh, Once you finish the game, you get a list of challenges. Most of them are actually tied to the trophy list anyway, but there's some extra ones as well. And when you complete these challenges and tick them off the list, you get points that you can then spend on unlockable stuff. Like, um, you know how in like the Uncharted games, and I'm sure many other games too, you can choose which like filters and cheats and like, you know, game alterations you unlock, like mirror mode and CPA and infinite ammo and stuff like that. You can like, unlock different ones on the cheat menu Um, Mm -hmm. so it's the same sort of thing with Resident Evil um, in that you can unlock special weapons and things like that game modifiers so uh, yeah I am really looking forward to playing Resident Evil 8 again New Game Plus the only reason I've not done it is because I've obviously just played it through once and uh, if that was it and that was the only run I'd done, then I would be straight back on it, no question. I've I enjoyed it that much. But given that we're also streaming it um on Thursdays on our channel, I don't necessarily want to over resi myself by having completed it once, be also streaming it on the channel and playing a new game plus in my own time. So uh if not for the fact that we were streaming it, I'd be on New Game Plus right now. But uh I'm gonna wait probably until we've um finished our streams. Or maybe at least just give it a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, fantastic game. I'm not really one for playing a game straight away again, um, even if there is a new game plus option available. Um, I probably the last time I did it was um, with Resident Evil 4, actually, because uh, that gives you like new outfits and special weapons that you can get in the in the merchant's shop. Um, and I'm not talking like. God, however long ago it was that that game came out. I mean, more recently, like, you know, I play that game every so often, every every few years. And uh, I think not the last time I played it, which wasn't so long ago, but the time before that, I completed it and then went back and did a new game plus. So, um, yeah, probably a few years ago was the last time I felt really compelled to immediately start the same game back up again. It's not that I never go back to new game plus runs in any game at all. It's just that I tend to want to move on to something else first have a bit of a sandwich of you know game x and then play game y and then go back to game x again sort of thing mm-hmm. so typically yeah not not something that i do straight away but um resident evil 8 would would have been the one if not for the fact that we were streaming it um are you a instant new game plus ben or would you like to have a break I generally like to have a break, but I will be an instant New Game Pluser, usually exclusively when there are trophies involved. Yeah, so I of think course. those are the yeah. those are the specific examples I can cite. But I would say that my New Game Plus runs for a variety of games. They usually 
most recently, I would say, in in in, in recent memory, would be sort of PlayStation exclusives like The Last of Us Part Two, God of War, mm. and so on. Um, and when I do the New Game Plus, I will do it in a very sort of expedited manner. So I don't I don't hang around to smell the roses and enjoy the game again. I will yeah. I will endeavor to skip cutscenes. I will be playing while listening to podcasts, that sort of stuff. I won't be going in to fully immerse myself and experience the game for a second time, which on the one hand I actually quite prefer because then when I do eventually return to it to replay it properly, inevitably, mm. uh, then it's not like I've it, it's it's more like I've only experienced the game properly once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to playing The Last of Us Part 2 again at some point. And I've technically played it close to three times, except I haven't because the second and third times were played with like crazy accessibility filters on so that I could easily find collectibles and stuff. Right. Uh, and I was skipping cutscenes and so on. So it wasn't, you know, if I sat down and played it now, I would get, you know, the the full intended experience, which I didn't get while I... Well, I replayed. Uh, so, uh, God of War, Uncharted, Mass Effect Two and Three are also games that I would have restarted immediately to get additional trophies and get the get the platinum in there. Uh, some do give you a different experience when you play through them on New Game Plus for trophies, like uh, Infamous, for example, especially One and Two, where you mm. can choose to go for a good or a bad run, and you have different endings and uh, goings ons as appropriate depending on how you're playing it and to a lesser extent mass effect as well if you're being a a right bastard it is different but yeah. um yeah i would say it's it's largely trophies for me that would cause me to play through a game back to back again but not to experience it for what it is just to tick some digital boxes yeah well why not uh good well it's probably time to move on then to the final section. I suppose it is. Are you ready? I suppose. Uh, are you ready? It's the big, big discussion. discussion. Big discussion time, Peter. Yeah. What is the question? Who is it from? I am the one who reads it. I don't know why I even start. Let's. You know what? Throw it back to me. Ben, what is the question? Who is asking the question? What is the name? I'm asking you because it's your turn. Thank you, Peter. This is from Michael Milan, and he asks, With the success of It Takes Two, as well as the resurgence of smaller indies like Overcooked and Haven, and not to mention Nintendo just continuing to be Nintendo, do you think local couch co-op is on the comeback? It felt like it died for a while, and now it's the it's now it's the big thing again. Granted, many of these games have online modes, but often the desire is to do them is to do them locally for the purest experience. See virus notwithstanding, of course. Mm, Thank be you, careful, man. careful out there. Have a get along couch that's at least yeah, two really meters long. long sofa. Yeah, mm, yeah. Um, I do feel like there's been. I would say there probably is a little bit more of it around now than there was maybe I don't know two three four years ago um, which is a nice thing I'm a big fan of couch co-op got a, I've got many happy memories playing games on PS1 PS2 sort of era um, locally uh, I don't think it will ever return to what it was for a couple of reasons really um, firstly I think well uh, 
it, it's a hardware issue for one thing. So I think we've talked about this before, um, which is effectively if you are talking about a a split screen game and particularly a kind of high end one like a first person shooter or something like a triple A, mm-hmm. by splitting the screen in half, you are effectively having to render twice as much stuff in moments yeah. where um, the both players are looking at in different directions. Um, so that just over time as games have got more and more um, kind of uh, well I guess the, the visuals have got more complex and you know in terms of shadows and lighting and just resolution as well uh, it's become more and more difficult for consoles to handle that um, games where you share a screen like Overcooked there's no hardware limitation to that at all really I don't think Um other than the number of players on screen at any one time doing all their own stuff. But uh, so so that's one problem. And then also, I think, almost coming off of that, although the root cause is this hardware issue, maybe it's just become less, kind of less trendy now to do that full stop. Like if, if suddenly someone waved a magic wand overnight and said, right, you can now do split screen uh, couch co-op on your games with no hardware limitations... I don't know if all developers or publishers would instantly say, right, we're going to release games now that, that have that. It's, it's just gradually become less fashionable. And I don't know why, because I think a lot of people really like it. Um, I mean, it's speculation. Maybe maybe I'm completely wrong there. And if they could, they would all offer it. But uh, it's hard to say. Certainly, some games are still doing it. Halo Infinite, I think, have said that they will be doing split-screen co-op, which is great. It's what... Um, many people's favorite halo memories don't just come from either playing single player or playing multiplayer death matches but actually playing the campaign uh split screen cooperatively um certainly some of my happiest halo memories are those so um that's a great thing that they're doing and you know if they can do it evidently at least some other games of that kind of standard ought to be able to do it hardware wise presumably um so that maybe bodes well perhaps there's something uh, about the new generation that will allow these things to be done more often um and of course time splitters perhaps returning in the next few years that was famously a game that offered split screen co-op and again lots of people's happiest memories of time splitters are uh sharing the campaign with a friend maybe they'll make a concerted effort to also offer that for old time's sake who's to say um perhaps not but uh, I'd, I'd like to think there will be more of this as time goes on. And I agree, certainly things are better now than they once were. But it will never truly go back to uh, the the glory days, I don't think. Yeah, uh, I hope so, is my answer to this. I, I don't think we're there. Mm. But I, I do hope we get there, or at least we, we sort of stay the course. And we maintain what we've got at the moment and that output continues because this this tends to happen and I think will continue to happen in the games industry where there are perceived trends that publishers in particular will, will go after with everything they've got and then they'll sort of tire of it. So mm-hmm. I've got a quote here from a Games Radar article, and unhelpfully, it doesn't say when it was published. All it said was over a decade ago. So there right, we are. Okay. 
It says, Games publishing giant EA apparently believes that single-player offline games are dead. With online play becoming more prevalent and every medium going more and more social, the publisher no longer wants to focus on one-person experiences. And lo and behold, single-player games now are sort of back and bigger than ever. They've yeah. never they've never been more comprehensive single-player games, and they fit quite comfortably alongside multiplayer online experiences. And in some cases, they have the horrible in my opinion, horrible sort of social integration and live service elements that I'm not a fan of, but mm -hmm. there we are. Maybe they'll drop that. Who knows at some point. And I sort of hope that local co-op is experiencing a similar renaissance. And I say sort of hope is in, in that I don't, I don't believe that online multiplayer will stop being a priority because it makes so much money and it makes sense for them to go after that. And online multiplayer is so good now compared to where it was, obviously. Yeah. It will continue to improve, hopefully, and not be stuffed full of microtransactions, but you never know. Um, so I, I don't imagine that online multiplayer will start to disappear in favor of co-op, but co-op games are and always have been extremely popular. Uh, as of one month ago, It Takes Two has sold two million copies and it hadn't been out that long so that's only going to continue i would assume um i would argue as you did peter that co-op scene uh the, or the co-op scene um their better days sort of are in the past but mm -hmm. with studios like haze light uh the developers of it takes two and a way out and so on uh they're they're sort of definitely the standard bearers i would say in 2021 and if publishers like ea keep letting them do what they want, then that's only going to be a good thing for co-op games. And when you've got a big publisher like EA publishing and believing in a game like It Takes Two, which was, you've got to assume, probably immediately profitable, practically, after release, yeah. um, then hopefully other publishers will follow suit. Obviously, Borderlands has always been a big one that, that has believed in couch co-op. But again, as you said, uh, when you've got a game that hardware-wise is quite strenuous having to render everything twice or maybe up to four times is is more and more of an ask the more comprehensive and complicated games are uh, to run and to make. So certainly it's not going to be for every type of game, but hopefully we get to see more of these bespoke co-op experiences because I think Hazelight are, are fantastic and, and it's nice to have these games. It's really nice to have these options there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, hopefully, actually, as well, thinking about it just before we finish, it would be quite good for us in terms of uh, streaming to be able to mm. show both people's perspectives on a split screen when we were playing Selfishly. playing stuff on on couch. Um, so that would be that'd be handy. Yeah, can we can we make big industry changes just purely for our streams, please? That's yeah. what I'm asking. That'd be. I don't think it's um, that much of an ask. No, no, probably not. They owe it to us, really. Yeah. One of yeah. the most important boys. So. After our contributions to the industry. Pres so. Where's our award? That's what yeah. I want to know. Jeez. When are we getting a BAFTA fellowship? Huh? Mm -hmm. They won't yeah. let us back in the building. It's fine. No, uh, So th there we go. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be sure, of course, to let us know what you thought of everything we talked about today. What do you think of co-op games? Are they back? Or are they still not quite back? But it's nice to see them anyway. Mm. Let us know via the various channels you can contact and find us on, some of which, or I suppose all of which, Peter is going to tell you about right now. 
Team Triple Jump everywhere. That's it. No, that's not it. I'll be specific. YouTube.com and Twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. That's where we put our, uh, put, put out all of our content. Uh, when we stream on both of those channels, we're modded by Lobrotovic, Madstodactyl, and Trowling Badger. Remember, if you've got Amazon Prime, one of the benefits of that is you get a Twitch sub bundled in, so you can sort of spend that on us for no extra cost, uh, and uh, you'll get all the usual benefits from that. Uh, we've got social media, twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Uh, Luke Alden looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. There's lots of different tiers over there. You can't, you, you don't just get sign up to that and ask questions on the podcast. You can get early worst games ever. You can get like exclusive merch and things like that. Go and have a look. Hmm. Triplej.mup is the website. That's triplej.mp. If you go to triplej.mup forward slash discord, that will redirect you to our discord, which is uh, modded by Jack, Joe and Hollow Eyes. Thank you, gang. The podcast can be um, accessed in audio form if you're watching on YouTube by going to triplej.mup forward slash podcast. If you go to triplej.mup forward slash VODs, that will redirect you to our VODs YouTube channel where all of our YouTube uh, and Twitch VODs get uploaded. Um, And uh, finally, if you go to triplejumpshop.com, that will take you to our shop, unsurprisingly. You can follow at triplejumpshop on Twitter for the latest updates. Um, of when things are coming uh, but yeah go check out the store buy some merch if you like yeah absolutely you can follow Peter on Twitter and Instagram at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude we do lists every Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday streams every Monday Thursday and Friday Thursday being the joint stream blaze it on YouTube Monday and Friday being the solo streams on Twitch worst games ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier Sunday for everyone else Podcast is every Saturday. We do shows once every other week. Finally, why not leave a review on iTunes or your platform of choice? It helps something to do with algorithms. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it. This week, it is a worst games ever week, Peter. It is. Yes, it is. It's Thanks out. for listening, everyone. We'll, see- <laughs> we'll catch you next time. It's out for patrons right now uh, of a certain tier, and it's out for yeah. everyone else tomorrow if you're watching this podcast at kind of early doors. Um, but it yeah, Sunday. Is. Yeah, Go check Good it one. out. We've got a brand new What It Means to Me, this time all about Fallout New Vegas from Emma Lishan, who's a fantastic up-and-coming YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Go check out what she has to say all about Fallout New Vegas and uh, go check out our channel as well. Next week, because Peter is away, is Hawaii. Uh, I will be joined on the podcast, hopefully, if we can get the timing right, by our wonderful ranked list writer, Philip, who is sort of a video game auteur. He knows all sorts of stuff that we don't, and he makes us sound clever when we read out his script. So, I'm not uh, sure I know what his voice sounds like, Philip. I don't think I've ever heard him have speak. You not let- oh, my goodness. You've just outed yourself there as not having watched his Resident Evil, What It Means to Me. Oh, yeah, no, I have. So I have heard how, his voice. How just... embarrassing. No, it's too late now. It's too late now. It's funny because um, I don't know what you sound like either, um, <laughs> having just outed myself as never watching Triple Jump content at all. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, one of these days. It's pretty good. Well, it's not that great, but it's all right. You should yeah. go subscribe. There's 150,000 of them now. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, there's, yeah, that's true. Just watch Philip's What It Means to Me. That's the only thing yeah, worth watching. Yeah, do. He's the Resident Evil master. So um, patrons, next week, uh, I will mention it in the, the, the podcast 
post asking for questions. But if you've got any specific burning questions for Philip, then stick them in there. We can mm. get his thoughts. You can find out a bit more about him. Uh, he is in America, which is why I was talking about the the time difference. But uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll do a fantastic job. I'll also be streaming with James Jenkins James at some Jenkins. point, probably Thursday, on the YouTube. So yeah, check it out. We've we've got to fill the the tiny void, which sounds rude, <laughs> but is actually sort of metaphorically much bigger than that, mm. um, left by Peter while he goes on his holidays. So do swing by and support our boys, our boys, our boys. Finally, Peter, it was a week of Quipscopes, of course. We had Metopia, we had Biomutant. Go watch those, go listen to those on the podcast feed, however you want to consume them. And I think that's all, isn't it? That's all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll catch you... Oh, well, I'll catch you in a fortnight on the podcast. Whoa. <laughs> uh, but Ben will be back in a week's time. Thanks yeah. very much. Absolutely. Peter, just, just enough time. For you mm. to send us off with the sponsor. Thank you very much for that reminder, because for some reason, despite doing it every week, I forgot that we do that. Um, it's, it's, uh, oh, look out, lime splitters. Close your eyes because you get juice in, and that's bad. Yeah. I'm sure there's got to be some more, like, lime splitters future perf. Like, there's got to be something, right? Something in there. But someone tweet us, tweet us about it, tell us Some what, what the puns we missed. joke or right, right, no, not Ryan splitters because no, then you lose the yeah. lime so it doesn't work yeah, you um, can't replace lime that's, no. that's crazy, you're crazy thank you for listening everybody we'll catch you next week, well I will anyway see you soon, bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.